Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what? What they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus <laughs> You thought she was dead. <laughs> you thought you had escaped her clutches. But no, she's back. I am one half of your hosts, John Wiscavit. And I'm one half of your hosts, Matt Koplick. And this is Broadway Breakdown. And we have a very special guest today. First of all, I would like to... Make a note that I haven't seen John in forever, so it's, just, it's good to see your stupid face. Thank you. Do I look skinny? You look... <gasps> Sicker? Um, um, yes, yeah. that's all I've ever wanted. Yeah. Um, but we do have a very special guest today. John, why don't you do the intro on this one? This woman is the sister I already have. She <laughs> is the mother that I talk about in therapy. She is the drunk aunt who took me to see Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> she is my everything, my all, my alpha, my omega, my beginning, my end. Um, one of my best friends, Sutton Lee Seymour. <laughs> oh, hi. Drag queen extraordinaire, also known as the very talented IRL Prescott Seymour, <laughs> who, I, who I've been friends with even longer than Sutton. I know. Well, I think you and I got to know each other before Sutton even existed. I remember when Sutton was just a zygote in your brain, and you're like, I think I might carry this baby to term. And I was like, if you want me to go to the clinic with you oh, to please. take care of this. Yes, clean her up. We want that. Um, no, the, the, that's how Juno starts too. Um, Juno the the like, movie. Oh, the, the Alan, movie, not Alan the ride chair uh, app. Yeah. Oh, right. I forgot about. Well, I don't see movies. About... I mean, three gays in a room. You're talking about three a... gays in a room bitching. <laughs> I don't see movies. That, that should have been. That should, that'll be the name of this of this episode. Three gays in a room bitching. Yes. There you go. So <laughs> so suddenly Seymour, if you're not familiar with her work, um, s- stop this. In fact, <laughs> hit pause. pause. Um, look her up on the social media, on the internets, on the interwebs, on the YouTubes. Sutton Lee Seymour is a drag queen extraordinaire. She is your typical golden girl. That makes me sound <laughs> real old. No, thank no, no, no. you. Grand dame. Well, she's your grand dame yes. of musical theater drag queenery. I mean, just like 
It's a bit of musical theater. It's a bit of Disney. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's, it's a whole lot of gay. It's a lot I mean, of things. The idea, I mean, if they're, the, basically me as Sutton is just a very extreme version of myself. True. But to root it in a character, I always tell people uh, that she is that one community theater diva mm. that thinks she should be on Broadway, mm-hmm. but she's not, and she doesn't quite understand why. Mm-hmm. So, But also could be on Broadway. <laughs> oh, and, <laughs> and any, like, like, Honey, yeah, she may be that community theater actress, and this is not um, throwing shade on community theater. Oh, not at all! No, 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 no. Because theater is beautiful. It's communal. It's 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 art. Communal. Um, (laughs) It's um, contagious. But clinical. It's clinical. (laughs) But I mean, like the talent that she has. Mm. Sutton Sutton is just. I mean, the voice, the the comedic timing. This is the secret. Convince everybody that you can do nothing, and then. You do everything. Because yeah. if you start at zero, then you can just be strong and beautiful and wonderful and talented. Welcome to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got everyone it's to listen to It's a show about us. nothing. <laughs> it's about everything. It, it's actually interesting you mentioned that your like, basis in Sutton. John, are you okay? Yeah, I just had to blow my nose because like sometimes morning allergies and I know it's like afternoon, but like morning. Is... No, no, no. This is like... It's like <laughs> John's very delicate these days. She's in a show... Um, you know, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's called I Spy and Spy and the St. Clement Theater. You get your tickets everywhere. Um, Wait, where? I, everywhere. I, I, everywhere. Just, everywhere. You just go, to go, tickets! <laughs> go on the street and go, tickets! No, literally you can get your tickets everywhere. Everywhere. But, um, you're talking about the sort of genesis of Sutton's personality. Uh, you sing Poor Unfortunate Souls a lot. I do. It's like mm. one of the go-tos. D- have you heard Pat Carroll, the original voice of Ursula, describe what she and Howard Ashman, like, oh. how they, like, talk about what Ursula's, like, not backstory, but how to, like, approach it as an actress? No. What I do know is that they originally wanted B. Arthur to mm-hmm. play the voice mm-hmm. of Ursula. So now you hear that and you kind of hear the influences uh, of yeah. Pat Carroll. But you know, B. Well, Arthur would have been wonderful, but Pat Carroll is, like, well, the end-all be uh, before Pat Carroll and after B. Arthur, it was Elaine Stritch. But yes. Elaine Stritch left because she and Howard Ashman clashed. But... Oh, I thought it was because she was a world-famous alcoholic and Disney didn't want that affiliated with them. <laughs> no, maybe that too. I just know they were like, I don't think, like Elaine Stritch doesn't do line readings. And Howard Ashman's like, I wrote this uh, for a very specific mm, way. Mm-hmm. So all that stuff. But Pat Carroll says that the way she and Howard Ashman kind of figured it out was that like, to play Ursula, you have to think of her as someone who wanted to be a Shakespearean actress. Oh, totally. Failed, and then just like made all of her life a Shakespearean play. But that totally makes sense when you mm-hmm. see that first scene, when like her first reveal, when oh, she does that wasted away, away the, the hand to the oh, uh, forehead and just dramatic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Very Lady Macbeth. Poor unfortunate souls in pain, in need. This one longing to be thinner, that one wants to get the girl, and do I help them? Yes, indeed. Those poor unfortunate souls, so sad, so true. They come flocking to my cauldron, crying spells, Ursula, please, and I help them. Yes, I do. Now it's happened. But um, let's talk a little bit about the actual creation, because before that you... um. And you still are. You're an active actor. You perform professionally. Yeah. Um, and you, you, you performed well, then, in off-Broadway shows. So I kind of talk about, oh, like, man. 
And, and like, uh, talk talk about a little bit about that, like being an actor and, and this being your literal love child of, like, you're, you're doing the dream. Like, you're doing the dream? I am you living? You are fucking the dream. Wow. You're living the dream I right now. the dream in time gone by. Oh. You are creating art. In, and And as artists... That's like the fucking end game, isn't it? Like that's yeah, the goal. you know, it's the what I for for me in my journey, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I realized, you know, we all have the dream where we all want to come to New York uh, and we all want to audition, we all want to get seen, we all want to work, and the one thing, I mean, like all of us, we just want consistency, which is not. Um, possible? Possible. A reality? Um, or that. Um, <laughs> um, and um, I, I got a little, fe- just tired of it. You know, you go to the audition, it's just no after no after no after no. And I realized, oh, the only person that has to say yes is me, myself, yes. and I. Yes. And yes. so yes. I always wanted to like kind of create a one-man cabaret who doesn't, hello, the duplex. Mm-hmm. But, it's why um, the duplex exists. <laughs> Exactly, right? Yeah. And uh, I didn't know what was going to... It all just kind of happened by chance. I wanted to do like a one-man cabaret. Uh, I wanted to do like my quirky voices. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that drag was going to be like the gimmick. So mm-hmm. a very good mm-hmm. friend of mine, Paige Turner, showbiz spitfire Paige Turner, very good mm-hmm. drag queen in New York City and one of my very, very best friends. And who mm-hmm. does... Uh, Broadway just, Mondays. Yes, yes. Broadway Mondays. We do that together with Cacophony Daniels. Yes. Um, she, well, we'll talk more about that Yes, later. yes. Uh, so Paige uh, was producing and hosting a virgin show for mm-hmm. Pride. And uh, I kind of did it on a dare. And so I put together this medley. I, I think I'm going to do it tonight, by the way. Uh, it's my, the first mix I ever put together, which was a medley of Eartha Kitt um, doing um, Gentlemen, you're looking at a woman know, who, who invented, invented the, the walk. walk. You, you know, know the walk. walk. I invented that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so down. it starts with that and goes into Kill Chan. This episode Channing. is brought to you by heterosexuality. Heterosexuality. <laughs> 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 Why keep with it? Uh, so you go <laughs> Eartha Kitt. Eartha Kitt into Carol Channing uh, doing Jam Tomorrow, Jam Today, and all that, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, into Petal Pone. So all these Broadway divas yeah. into one. And I thought, this is not going to go over well. People want, like, Beyonce. Mm-hmm. People want Britney Spears. And here I am doing Broadway divas. And it killed. It went the, I, I, I should have figured you're in Hell's mm-hmm. Kitchen, yeah. New York. So I was like, oh. And it was in New World Stages, right? It was at right? New World Stages. Yeah. Um, and what became... What started as like a one-time thing is now a full-time career, and it's yeah. been my life for the past seven years. Yeah. Oh my god, seven years! Yeah, that, yeah. Can you believe that? It feels like a blip. It feels like a blip. Yeah, yeah. Truly. From Pride way back when to Pride now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's so it's been a journey. So basically, the lesson learned is just say yes, try things. And I mean, drag, I think I started drag at the right time before mm. it became super popular. Yeah. So I got very lucky, because now everybody's a fucking drag queen. Yeah. True. Can I say fucking on this podcast? Um, I would be fucking offended if you <laughs> fucking did. Oh my god, are we in a David Mamey play? <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm gonna leave now. Um, so yeah, it's my been mate. fun. It's been a lot of fun. And now I get to perform with my two of my very best friends. Sorry, John. That's and okay. um, but you've you've been a guest at Broadway Mondays. Well, I, I together. told you this. It's one of my favorite shows that we've oh, done there. When we, we were both dressed as Bernadette Peters and we, did a we did a Bernadette off. We did a Bernaduet. A Bernaduet is the better way of yeah. Exactly. It wasn't an off because it, it's. It was no a, one. No one got off that night. So no, no. 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 <laughs> never. Um, <laughs> never. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. 
did you come up with suddenly, or did someone else say like? You, you know, know I don't remember. I can't be honest with you yeah. on that one I because feel like it had to be. You, I th- right? I'm pretty sure it was me. I don't remember the conversation. I think it was uh, my my very very good friend Eric and mm-hmm. I. We were just chatting one day, like, what would our drag names be? And somehow the name suddenly Seymour mm-hmm. came up, and mm-hmm. there it was. But I don't remember the day, the moment, the minute it happened. But it feels like it's always been there yeah. because I've always been intrigued by drag. Listen, my father, one of my favorite musicals growing mm-hmm. up was La Caja Fall. Mm-hmm. That's because my conservative Republican father, yep. his favorite musical is La Caja Fall. Yes, is. And we had a poster of the original Broadway production on the wall, and I was very confused by it. So I was very familiar with drag at a young age. He mm-hmm. was even in the community theater production of it, my father. Wow. So drag was in my life since I was, you know, five. Mm. Um, so I've always been intrigued by drag, but I didn't want to do it until I had the right name. I didn't want to be like, sure. hi, I'm Trixie Dix, and I want to do drag. <laughs> Trixie Dix. It's, it's interesting, because as you said, now everyone does drag. It's because the popularity of Drag Race makes everyone think like, oh, this is my new ticket to fame, which is like never how it used to no, be. No, if you're doing it for fame, you're like, listen, right. it, yeah, you, you can't do it for fame. Followers. Yeah, right. Um, and listen, if if you get fame from it, that's great. But it can't be about that. No, yeah. you have to offer people something. You have to be able to. It, I mean, connect with people. That's mm-hmm. we drag queens are the frontliners since you know way back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, even before the Stonewall riots. Uh-huh. Um, they've always been kind of the um, I don't know the iconic the cheerleaders, the cheerleaders, yeah. the Mickey Mouse so of me, the yeah, LGBTQIA plus community. Completely, and that's the community, honey. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna and it's not decaffeinated. Oh, God. Um, but no, you can't do it for the fame. You can't do it for the Instagram followers. It's got to be about community, and it's got to be about entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and there's a little edge of politics in there as well. I mean, it's everything. It truly um, is, yeah. though. Like, yeah, it, I mean, it's, it, it, there's a danger and a politicalness to drag that's always sort of been there from its inception. Um, yeah. Who was also a very good friend of mine, Misconception. She's great. <laughs> Oh my god! You would love her. I'm no, sure. No, but the amount of times that I've gone to see your show and like laughed till I've cried at like one of your brilliant medleys, but then also mm-hmm. been like quite moved by like when you take a moment to just really like remind these mincing queens who are drinking vodka sodas in the audience of like, hey, our trans brothers and sisters out there are like like we need to like step up and support Absolutely. them. And, like Absolutely. I like I remember like so many moments. Or I mean, especially like. I mean, I remember going to one of your shows right after the um, election. I won't get super political, so I'll let you guess which election I'm talking about. But um, I remember after the the 2016 election where fucking Trump got nominated, got elected. <laughs> nominated. Um, nominated. Nominated. Because he's In my, my mind, cousin. he's still just nominated. No, when he, when he got elected, like, I remember going to one of the first shows after that because, like, it was just like we were all lost. Yeah. And, like, and it was just like, it, it was like a bunch of people being able to congregate together and and remember, like, I can still be unabashedly me, gay, queer, totally. loud, like the things that I like, even though it's really scary right now. Yeah. And it's really, um, and it still is scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. just, and it's, it still it's, is. That's, We're that's, concentration camps. That's a lot, and there's a, I mean, there, in moments like that, there are a lot, there's a lot of pressure yeah. uh, on the queen because people look at you uh, on stage and say, please brighten my day. Please make me happy again. And I don't know if I can because I'm just as scared as you. So what we can do together is sing some goddamn show tunes and maybe that will lift our spirit. Yeah. You know, so... Um, I mean, in the darkest of times, it's always the entertainment industry that mm. helps us through it. That, oh, um, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's very well known that during the Great Depression, only like 
theater and the movie industry was booming because everybody's like, I need something. Yeah. I just need uh, something to get me through. It's what Sullivan's Travels is all about. Sullivan's Travels? Sullivan's Travels? Gulliver's? Gulliver, no, Gulliver's? Sullivan. Oh. Sullivan's Travels. It's <laughs> I, a movie from the 40s. I went to um, high school with a girl named Sarah Sullivan. Is it about her? <gasps> I love oh, Sarah sweetheart. Sullivan. <laughs> You're not skinny enough to be this dumb. Wow. Uh, she came hey. for you. You're right. <laughs> I, no, it's a movie from the 40s with Veronica Lake, and I forget the main guy, but it's about a movie Frank director. Ocean. What? Veronica Lake and Frank Ocean. Jesus Christ. George Clooney is not available. <laughs> wow, I really didn't miss you at all, John. <laughs> no! Um, no, it's um about this movie director in the 40s who... Uh, no, sorry, it takes place during the Great Depression, but the movie's from the 40s. And this movie director's like, I want to make something real about, like, real America. And he goes, I'm going to go undercover in America and, like, see what real Americans want. Wow. So he goes, like, on the on the bread lines and he goes to the, to the mines and all that stuff. And he finds that the movies that all the Americans are going to are Mickey Mouse shorts. Mm. And he's like, oh. Because yeah. up until this point, he's only done comedies, like, screwball comedies. And he's like, oh, what I do is important because it mm-hmm. gives people levity from the darkness of their lives if i'm just you know dramas are definitely necessary for cleansing the soul right uh you also need the lighthearted fare as well what's it called sullivan's travels sullivan's travels i'm gonna go watch it i only watched it because it was on the afi top 100 and there was a period of my life where i tried to get through it all how many Um, did you get through like 70 hey Um, that's impressive yeah that's a solid c minus 70 out of 100 that's a great trade for three years of celibacy (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is. Uh, <laughs> no, I would have gone further, but I watched Ben Hur. Have you seen? Ben Oh, that's a long it's one. It's four hours, and it's bad. It's really. Abs- it's fucking. It is? It, it's, it's so bad? bad. Do you know what's good? Is Gone with the Wind. We. It's great. When I oh, watched I it, that's like it. four hours of my life, but yeah. it was it went. It went it like clipped like that. By. I was like, I that need, was four I hours. To see it. It's I, really I good. I feel really. Yeah. There, there are certain movies that I ha- have not seen that I'm quite embarrassed. That's one of them. Breakfast at Tiffany's is another that I've never oh, seen. Wow. Well, you know, both movies have in common is a um, questionable portrayal of non-white characters. Gone um, to the Wind is a little better because there's more than one black character and only one of them is really played for laughs. The rest of them are much more serious. Sure. But, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's has Mickey Rooney in yellow face, which is not. Really? Ooh, that's I right. Think, I forgot he about plays that. her Japanese that. upstairs neighbor. It's not a cute look. That's not um, That's okay. Yeah. He's also, I mean, he I mean, also I mean, it's not okay. It's not okay. Yeah. Well, so it's one of those things where you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Yes. Like, okay, 1961. Exactly. Like, it's a little t- and they're not, they're like not necessarily making fun of Japanese culture. <laughs> they're making fun of how her lifestyle affects her neighbor and he happens to be Japanese and if it were played by an actual Japanese actor it might be less offensive right. but because it's Mickey Rooney doing it in yellow face it all feels just very yeah that feels yeah. Yeah. yeah oh there's a uh, Joel Grey was in a movie what was it called uh, it's some superhero movie that didn't go anywhere it was an, it became an HBO release and he's like this trainer for this boxer who turns into a super strong superhero mm-hmm. uh, and it stars what? the guy who is like the lead in those Tremors movies do you remember that guy do you know Tremors? Tremors. Remember the lead from Tremors? Like, I'm so he's very what is this Anyway, Joel Grey played kind of like the Yoda mentor guy, and he's Japanese. He's got <gasps> the stereotypical like long mustache. It's terrible. It's terribly offensive. But back in the day, Joel Grey was celebrated because he could do all these accents. Yeah. Well, and in the time, there was like a bit of a Joel Grey area when Boo, it came. John uh, Miscavige. Boo. Uh, 
But like, you know, it's good to be back. You can't do that kind of shit today. No. Uh, but like, you look back at uh, Mickey Rooney. I'm not saying celebrate Mickey Rooney's right. performance. No, I'm not saying not. celebrate Joel Gray's performance. But look how far we've come now that Absolutely. we're having conversations saying that's not cool. Absolutely. I, th- I mean, I'm not one to rewrite history. I say we look at history and we take look and at learn the good. From it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at the good and the bad. Um, yeah. So people are like, we should release. Breakfast at Tiffany's, but cut all the Mickey Rooney scenes. I'm like, no, keep it. Not because it's PC, but because you can learn from it. Right. Um, but yeah, that's just me. Uh, but Gone with the Wind is an example of a movie where I'm like, it doesn't matter how long it is, as long as it's oh, fucking it's so good. good. Yeah, yeah, like every minute goes by like like a second. And Vivian Lee oh. as Scarlett O'Hara. Have you ever seen, like, I would say Vivian Lee's performance in Gone with the Wind is like comparable to, say, like, um, uh, Gloria Swanson's performance as Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard. Which also never you've seen. never seen Sunset Boulevard, the movie, not no. the Pat and Lapone, Glenn Close versions, but no. you've never seen the movie. Ooh, actually, I know. No. I want to say, the moment that I fell in love with Suntley Seymour, I was at a show, I think it was the day of your birthday where you showed up late. And you and, and you I called him a cunt? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Hello, someone, everyone. I think you either were about to do something from Sunset or like there was a Sunset line or something and you asked like the audience as somebody in the audience or you asked the audience like best Norma and everybody was like Patty Glenn and someone was like no Betty Betty and you just went um first of all Gloria and everyone just erupted in flames and I was like well done it's true I swear to you the first time you see uh, Gloria Swanson as Norma Desmond and she's got she has that famous line where the guy uh, the guy says you're Norma Desmond you used to be in pictures you used to be big and she just glares at him Mm-hmm. And she goes, I am big. It's the pictures that got small. You need to see that fucking movie. Yeah, it's it's out there, nice. if you're listening and you've never seen the movie, go watch the goddamn movie. You're not allowed Stan. to have gay sex anymore until you see <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. I will say, Vivian Lee and so Gone with the, the Wind. Why. That's the reason why. <laughs> Vivian Lee and Barbara Stanwyck are two actresses from that era where it's like, yes, it's the 30s and 40s, but their performances could be released today. Right. Um, like, in a time when people were like, say that, Mr. What you doing here? Blah, 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 blah. Like, they were so dropped in and natural. Or you're like, how did you know? And how did you get away with it? Mm. Well, um, I mean, there was a, that, that's a whole style of acting. Go back and watch The Philadelphia Story. Go back and watch His Girl Friday. You think I haven't seen either of those movies? Well, I know yet? you have, Queen. Oh but uh, you <laughs> got, like, you, go listen, go watch uh, Cary Grant mm-hmm. and uh, Rosalind Russell. And His Girl and, Friday. And, and His Girl Friday. And they're just bopping off each other just like this. Well, what do you mean to talk about that? I'm talking about this. And they're yeah. ta- and they're talking like head of lettuce on a good Friday night on Fire Island. Mm. Um, and that's, like, there's a, there's, a, there's a cadence to the way they yeah. speak and I think that's kind of transitioned into drag performers today mm-hmm. listen to Hedda Lettuce listen to Charles Bush thing, Charles yeah. Bush Charles Bush is fucking god I love Charles I Bush I got and Charles Bush well when I was like trying you know mm-hmm. being like maybe I should try drag and goes it worked great for me you should do it <laughs> you and know? you've done a couple of Charles Bush plays I have I did uh, Charles and I worked on a musical version of Banicula of course with the vampire yeah. bunny yeah which I saw and I love it was it was, it was like <laughs> Sam, Sam Bat da- Boy Sam but Davis with bunnies Sam Davis did the music on that right hmm? Sam Davis did the music he for... did do the music yeah, yeah Sam okay. Davis um, and and uh, Mark Waldrop did the lyrics Banicula um, um, did you really just sing it oh, like the title song a little bit yeah we have the recording and I'm like wow did you listen to that no 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 no, no. Uh, we did some, my senior year of college we had like a whole original content semester where we were doing songs from shows that were either not produced yet or only produced in small venues and we learned like half the score of Vinicula wow um, 
Yeah, which was yeah. <laughs> that's impressive. It is it is impressive. But we I remember we learned the opening. I was like, this is the weirdest thing ever. It is and, weird, but it's so fun. It was so oh, fun. Man. And like getting to work with Charles was really, really fun. Yeah. And I don't I'm think without legend. his he is a legend. Yeah. Uh, I know he I want to go see his cabarets doing a cabaret at fifty four below that I really want to oh, see. I, see I mean he's a, I mean, have you never seen any of his like cabarets? Like he is just I one haven't. of the most marvelous storytellers. If you want to hear yeah. like good stories about, mm. you know, uh, when he was writing his plays and then talking about film. He's uh-huh. just. It, I got to work with him in Puerto Vallarta, and after his show, after my show, we would go get pizza, and I would just like, just please, just tell me stories, just uh, talk at me. If you're, if you're going, I'd be interested yeah. in going to yeah, okay, let's go. Yeah, you if I can yeah. because I, I really would love. He's one of those like bucket list people where like I've never seen him live, and I just I would love to to go just be in his presence. If yeah. you ask me like what's a production I wish wish I could go back in time to see, it'd be probably the original production of Vampire Lesbians of Sodom. Yes. Uh, when it was down at the East Village before mm-hmm. it became like mm-hmm. the fun phenomenon yeah. that it is. Like mm-hmm. I mean just to be present in that time oh, would yeah. be really, really fun. I did get to, I got to see him do Lady in Question at Bay oh. Street in, in Sag Harbor and then I saw him do Die Mommy Die at New World Stages. Oh my god. Oh. It's just phenomenal in both. Could not have been more amazing. Because uh, I, I watched the movie Die, Mommy, Die, and Psycho Beach Party like over and over and over again. I was just so obsessed with him, and seeing him live, I was like, "Please, just be as good as I hope you are." And, and he is—he's amazing. He is. And what's brilliant about him, and he, like he—I listen, I'm a ham. I will camp things up, and like his constant, his reminder to me, which I always try to keep remembering, like the reason why his material is so successful. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. There's a, a layer of camp to it, but it's got to be played honestly. So mm-hmm. honest. It's got to be played truthfully because mm-hmm. then, if otherwise, you're just camp. Yeah. And it's got to have it's got to it's got to well, have meat. It's got to have substance. That's so. That's a problem that I currently have with a lot of comedic stage actors right now. Is um, I went to see a Broadway show recently, and I won't name the actor. Very funny actor, but. I realized that the, their attitude towards comedy is always that their character had to be the smartest one in the room mm-hmm. and always aware of how stupid everybody was. And I'm like, then it just becomes like a meta, almost like Judd Apatow-esque. Of like, we're commenting on the comedy. Like you got to play it straight. Otherwise, it doesn't have that level of um, intense humor to it. Like, noise right. is off. You can't play it like, we understand this is funny. It's got to be right. like life or death stakes. And that's what makes it humorous to us. And Charles Bush is the exact... Uh, personification of that yeah. attitude. Who are you, Tony Parker? You've slipped into my life as easily as vermouth into a glass of gin. Quickly and just a bit too smooth. You're an icon. I don't know if I'm what? an icon, but you're a bicon. I've gotten to work. I've gotten to meet a lot of icons. I. Who are some of your favorite that you've gotten to work with, other than Charles? I haven't. Uh, I got to work with Coco Peru. <gasps> um, uh, you are one of the first um, people to like really introduce. Like, I was always familiar with Coco Peru's work because she had been on those episodes of you know, like Will and Grace, yes. like, kind of like those those re- girls she, will she, be girls. Yeah, she mm-hmm. she had been in so many episodes of television, and you're always like, oh yes, that drag queen. But then one day when we were um, in the beginning years of our friendship, and you were like, you've never seen the movie Trick. Hey, that's yep. Starring um, Tori Spelling, Tori Spelling, Chris, Christian Campbell, Campbell, and Coco uh, Peru. Peru is in it. Um, I mean, you just really shot the door wide open for me in the sense of like I was like oh my god I'm obsessed with this 
this queen. Yeah, she that. So if you've never seen Trick, she has one scene, and she <laughs> it's steals. A great scene. She oh, steals the entire movie, <laughs> and seeing that movie, Trick, and Coco Peru scene, and seeing Charles Bush's you know Psycho Beach Party mm-hmm. and Die Mommy Die, I realized at a very young age, I was like, wow, you can do, you can be a storyteller with drag. Has anyone ever tried to turn Trick into a musical? I feel like that. I've really... always said Trick would be a brilliant musical, but brilliant you should musical. have um, the actor who plays Coco Peru also be the actor who plays Perry who sings the Como te gusta me ping oh, yeah. song because it's like you know have well, a multi-character yeah, track it should be like a six-person musical and, totally and the other four people are all playing different roles and still hire Tori Spelling to do it in the musical oh, yeah. like Lainey Kazan did with My Favorite Year Right, right. She, right. she played the mom in the movie as well. Uh huh. Yeah, so there you go. Make Trick the musical. Call Tori Spelling. There's your star right there. Yeah, she ain't busy. Put it off Broadway at New World stages. Don't mm-hmm. try to go crazy. Don't do pull up, be more chill. D- Hello. Yeah. <laughs> we should have Larry O'Keefe write it. Oh my God. He would do great stuff he with that. He would do great stuff with yeah. it. Yeah. Speaking of be more chill, uh-huh. I want to get everyone's take on. Uh, Broadway cleaning up house this summer. Oh my god, so many shows. <gasps> so many shows. Oh my god. I, I, are there any that are like really like actually affecting you two in any way? The only reason I'm sad about Be More Chill is because my high school friend Lauren Marcus is in it, mm-hmm. and uh, it like and it's her Broadway debut, and I'm. And I, her I think husband she, wrote it. And her so. husband, Joe Iconis, wrote it. I'm just, uh, and so I'm a big fan, mm-hmm. and uh, I just think it's a shame it's closing. You know. Okay. There was a wait. There was one. Was, I haven't seen it yet, so I don't know. There was I, another I one that was really just, didn't care for it. There was it. another one that was just announced this week, wasn't there? Beautiful. They announced beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, closing. beautiful and waitress. Waitress Honestly, is closing. Like, it, yeah. But that's had three years is a good healthy. Yeah, long four run. years. Oh, four? It'll, it'll four almost years. be four years when it closes. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Very no, close I mean, it's it's quite it's quite crazy. I mean, like it, it's that thing where it's kind of I'm not surprised because mm-hmm. it, it is kind of quite wonderful that these shows have had this long of a life compared to other newer shows that have barely had like a year this mm. year but it's also I mean what's gonna be left well, how many shows are, is it like 11 someone wow. was posting on the face place yesterday that uh, with I mean there's only a few shows announced but there's no original musical coming to Broadway of yeah. all the shows coming so far it's only been like uh, jukeboxy kind of musicals yeah. I'm very interested to see what ha- I think there's a lot of stuff in the works that could possibly come but mm-hmm. nothing's been confirmed uh mm. it is ver- it is a little upsetting to me that it, so far all the musicals quote-unquote original that are coming in are all jukebox uh, as far as i know we don't have any original score musicals coming in yeah but i know that uh secret life of bees and strange loop are both considering coming to broadway next season oh, oh my god to... strange loop was so amazing. it was oh right it was, you're obsessed with that one both it was of you. yeah it was amazing uh, is it still running at playwrights Yes, but I, I think don't, it's about to close. Yes. All right, I, don't, I, I need to go see it. The rumor it was I, limited run. Yeah, the yeah. rumor I heard is that they're thinking about Circle in the Square when Oklahoma closes. Which oh my god! Be, Have they announced they're closing? They've always been a limited run. Oklahoma, oh, okay. Uh, but so they extend it to January. Oh, great. Um, and I don't think they're going to extend. So, it and again. something else wait, is it Waitress that's closing in January. Waitress yes. is closing in January. And yes. Beautiful's closing in October, and everything else closes in August. August. Yeah, August it's a shame. 11. It's a shame. But at the same time, it's still you know the Tonys were just a month ago, just mm-hmm. over a little over a month ago, and so mm-hmm. it's like a new school year yeah. now. Bring the new students in, and exactly. who's going to make the cut? And to and to be honest, a lot of the shows that have announced that they were closing had struggled for a very long time. Mm. So it's not as if like after the Tony's business just like bombed for everything. Like King Kong was not doing well at all its entire run, but the producers had a lot of money and they're like, we're going to keep it going until the Tony Awards because we want to. Right. Same mm. thing with Share Show was sort of like a really great week, really shit week. Um, and even the prom, which like good as it is, oh. never was like a sold out 
run, but they got investors to kind of mm-hmm. keep it running for a while. So it's more sort of that they just couldn't keep it up anymore rather than yeah. like all of a sudden after the Tony Awards, everything just went pew. It's going to be interesting because I think these shows will have a life after mm-hmm. Broadway. The prom definitely well, will. Yeah, the yeah. prom definitely will. I mean, the, the idea of the fact that, of it being this Netflix movie, like, you know that they're going to hold out the tour mm-hmm. coming out until after that movie I just comes wish, out. for the prom, I wish they would just do a filmed version of the stage show. Yeah, Agreed. me too. I, I think that, because I remember, so one of my first exposures to theater, when I was five years old and I watched the PBS production of Into the Woods. Mm-hmm. And that was the thing that made me fall in love with the stage yeah right and not that, not that there's anything wrong with movie musicals movie musicals it's a completely different art form but watching into the woods made me want to be like i want to be on stage yeah. right because it's a completely different beast yeah. yeah and speaking of completely different beasts and movie musicals a trailer dropped oh week. no yes it did let's have a moment of silence for art <laughs> And that's, done. And that's art, art is over. Art is, <laughs> art art is dead. Canceled. Art has been canceled today. Uh, yeah, let's discuss for a quick second. Sure. Um, E.T. meets Ooh. Broadway. Ooh. Um, Ooh. So okay. Burn. Well, that was the best I could think of at the moment. Uh, I don't get it, but I'm because yes, they just look like aliens. Um, I, my old listen. I am going to go see it. I think the oh, course, choreography looks fantastic. I'm open to. I love. I, did you watch that one, two, three minute documentary that they did, like the making of? Yeah, the no. sets look incredible. My only issue is just like they just they they look a little weird. I mean that fucking screen grab of Jennifer Hudson haunts my dreams. Just I mean you you could not if you were the trolliest troll in the internet have taken like taken. No matter what that trailer ended up looking like, if someone was going to troll it and they would have been like, I want to fuck up this picture of Jennifer Hudson <laughs> so bad, no matter what that troll would have done to do their worst, it could still not have been anywhere near as bad as the actual screen grab of Jennifer Hudson that exists it, in that movie. It's so bad. I'm hoping... Will you calm down? things. Jesus, woman. I'm hoping that they, when they release the images of Will Smith as the genie, people react. And then Disney went and they kind of fixed it. They still have work to do. So maybe they have time to like clean Sonic it up. Like Sonic the Hedgehog. They, well, they, well, well, Sonic, yeah. They delayed release on Sonic the Hedgehog so they could fix it because people responded so poorly. They still have five months. They could totally do some stuff. I think so. <laughs> Uh, or is this, is this, is this so, if, if you so much of it like, that, that, like also, you will believe and, and why is this well do you think that yes they look different yes it looks a little weird but is it just so different that we are reacting negatively because it doesn't look like the leotards and the makeup no it looks bad you see you, you see you see vaginal lips that's the no that's <laughs> the, that's the, okay. oh, man. First yeah. of all, do you see vaginal cat lips? If you haven't picked up yet what it is we're talking about, you don't belong on this podcast. But we're talking about the Cats movie trailer, everybody that dropped last Thursday. Did we not say that? I no, we, did. we didn't. We, we, actually, we said everything but the name. Um, that's the thing is that I don't know what I was expecting when they were talking about it because that behind the scenes thing actually kind of got me a little excited for it. But that behind the scenes thing looked like a really bad SNL sketch. Yes. Go I on. Mean, but I, it made me excited because I was like, oh, I mean, first of all, they were taking it so seriously that I wanted to throw drinks in their face. But also I was like, okay, like maybe it seems like they may take some risks with it. That seems really exciting. And I don't know what it was I was expecting with the cats because they kept talking about the digital fur. And I went, okay. Oh, no. I was like, is this going to be like the Lion King where it's basically 
animals, but we get like motion sensors of like facial recognition of that's what I thought. That's what I thought too. And honestly, I was a little more here for it for the idea of a literal cat doing pirouettes, but that would have been weird too. It would have been absolutely weird, but like watching Puss in Boots, but like, but I'm here for it. Yeah, but but I think what they ended up doing was they took the look of the show of the actors and the leotards and the makeup and whatnot. And they just, instead of making it a literal costume, they just made it CGI. Yeah. They yeah. were like, how can we make this the most homophobic we could make it? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's almost like a combination of uncanny valley and lack of creativity in, in that way. They're, they're literally just taking that same visual and then at throwing CGI money at it. But the reason why they had that look on Broadway is because you can't actually look like a fucking cat no. on stage. I think it's going to be seeing Cats the movie. It's going to be like bottoming for the first time. It's going to hurt. You're going to get used to it. And maybe, maybe by the end, maybe you'll, you'll it. like it. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. I do wish uh, movies would look more into practical effects again and, and things like that. I just I've, I think there are people like J.J. Abrams tries to mm-hmm. do that use what, practicality more or than like what if like what if Jim Henson had done cats? Oh, how would it? Could you? Im- oh, I was thinking like about the Dark that. Crystal kind yeah. of. Yeah. Somebody put up a post saying, "Okay, take your favorite movie or favorite musical and cast it with the Muppets, but keep one diva." <gasps> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I, I was thinking, and I said, "Oh, I want Gypsy starring the Muppets with Patti Lapone or oh. Bette Midler as Mama Rose, and then like you have Miss Piggy as Dainty June, and you I have literally just ejaculated." <laughs> well, you know, here we go. Movie like, version I of Lacuse's Wild movie. Party with the Muppets, but Tony Collette's still queening. Oh, oh my God! God. Oh. People like us. And Tony Collette people with, like with Miss, and, and Miss Piggy is Burrs though because she's the violent one. Oh no, but you gotta have so Miss Piggy weird. as Eartha. No, you gotta have Miss Piggy play Eartha. All of the roles. All the roles. All the other Imagine roles. a Miss Piggy Queenie, a Miss Piggy Dolores. But this um, was like years ago when I wanted the Kermit and Miss Piggy last five years. Oh, oh my god. god. I want you. And you, and nothing but you. <laughs> hey, kid, good morning. Oh, my God. You look like an angel. I cannot. But you could also do, like, guys and dolls Muppets. Oh, my God, oh, yeah. totally. Sue me, sue me. Put bullets through. Hiya! <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you promised me that? You promised me <laughs> perfect. I've been possessed by some kind of devil right now. Too late. You've been for a long time. Yeah, the devil. Yeah. The gay devil. <laughs> You've been possessed by the devil since you were a child, Mr. Like, Oh my god, I'm like, get off me. Um, I, but now, now, could you imagine Cats by the Muppets? That would be, I would yeah. enjoy that, Right, actually. I actually think I would too. Yeah, I think that's someone, kind of someone, the only way to watch it. Someone, someone call Tom Hooper? Hopper? Hopper. Hopper, 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 T H. Wait, he directed the Phantom of the Opera movie too. No, that was Joel no. Schumacher. But he, right. but he did Les Mis. He did Les Mis, yes. I gotta say, yeah, okay, yeah. I gotta say, the Phantom of the Opera movie. Don't love it, but even though it's not Minnie Driver singing, I love Minnie Driver. Yeah, in that role. she gives the best performance in that movie. I've only watched that movie once, and I and I think about it often, and I always go, I need to rewatch that. Let's again. watch it again. Yeah, let's it's, watch it. <sighs> I actually did rewatch it earlier this year because I, of course, you did. <laughs> of course you did. Of course I did because I'm me, um, and it's not good. There's very little about it that's like laughably bad. For the most part, it's just sort of like okay. Um, but Minnie Driver, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, she saves it. She absolutely. Well, because she's the only one uh, 
She's kind of in on the joke. On the joke, yeah. There's a there's a woman named Lindsay Ellis who does these... Uh, she'll do, like, movie deconstructions, and she does uh, history things on the movie. I told John about her once because John hates Rent, and she hates Rent, and she does this whole dissertation about rent? how Rent... You rent. hate Rent? John hates Rent very much. Rent. Wow, um, you hate everything. I don't hate everything. Um, the movie was not good, but Rent is good. Mm, it's I, I hear where John comes from when he talks about disliking Rent, because I grew up really liking it, and in my older age, have found flaws in it, even though I still enjoy a great deal of it. And I've always been 40. (laughs) Point is, Lindsay Ellis with Phantom, she says that Minnie Driver is the only one who knows what movie she's in. That's true. And it's the best way I can describe her performance. She knows exactly what kind of movie Phantom is, and she just goes for it. Mm. Um, And she's great. Um, Yeah, that's my two bits for the rest of the day. I just had another thought. Yes. The Muppets in Hedwig and the Angry Inch. <gasps> then you have the you have the band as the <gasps> band. Oh my god, Janice. And then you have like Miss Piggy as Yitzhak. And then and then you have maybe call John Cameron Mitchell to play Hedwig. But like I want to see that production. But that's also the magic about... of the Muppets is that they could do like any Anything. musical is, is would the be Muppets with them. do follies. Oh, Miss Piggy is Phyllis. Oh, the mu- the Muppets doing Angels in America. I mean, oh, wait, did you just say <laughs> Angels in America? <laughs> <laughs> That's the porn that I watched the other day. Angels in America. Angels. No. Or the um the like, mathematician version Angels in America. Wait, can honey? I say something? Did you see the the Angels in America revival? Of course I did. Andrew, what's his last name? Garfield. 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 He hates Monday. Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield as uh as 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 a uh, prior. The whole time, he sounded like Ray Fiennes as Voldemort. Yes, in Angels in America, mm-hmm. I was freaking. Well, who is you well, in Trooper of the Year? Well, yeah. fun fact: every gay person is Voldemort. <gasps> what? I know. I had Twist. no idea. I don't know what just happened there, but Avada Kedavra, gay gas. <laughs> Did not know. I loved that. I did like that revival. Crucio. Did not care for uh, Andrew Garfield. Um, I hated him in the broadcast, and then actually liked him a bit more live. I liked him um, in person, but I I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. That was the voice was yeah. quite. Well, I told John, a gay man doesn't have to play prior, but you can always tell when a straight man plays prior. It's something along the lines of like, even if you're fluent in the language, you're not a native speaker, and I can just tell. Yeah. yeah. Um. There's just something put upon about it, and prior's the kind of gay role where it's like. You kind of have to live in that skin. For I, a while, I need to you know. sense that you have had at least three dicks in your butt. Wow. Yeah, at the same time. Like, I need to be able to sense that in the performance. Stop talking about my Saturday night. And so back to you, Prince. Back to <laughs> hardware. So how, so how did Musical Mondays at the Hardware come about your way? Um, and well, what is it exactly, for those of you who don't know? So Broadway Mondays at Hardware Bar uh, performs every Monday night at Hardware Bar. <laughs> uh, Which from, is um, on 10th, 10th, Avenue. 10th Avenue between 47th and 48th. Mm-hmm. At on the 7 west side PM, of the avenue. Yes. On, uh, on, at 7 p.m. every Monday, we start show tunes and videos, mm-hmm. a la the traditional of Musical Mondays at Splash. Mm. So what ha- happened was Splash closed. Yes. And like... <laughs> I it was so to, sad. I only went was. to Splash once in my whole life. Same. Oh, you well, they had a cover. That was, um, they, they did have a cover. It was... They, it was and, and I, I was, was poor at the time. Times are hard. But so they closed and about a year later uh, my friend uh, Justin Luke who at the time was a party promoter he wanted to bring Musical Mondays back. And uh, he got the venue. He called me and asked if I was interested in being the drag host. And I said, 
death. Because mm-hmm. Musical Mondays, when I first moved to the city, it's the only thing, that and the duplex, they're the only places I wanted to go to because I didn't like going to gay bars. I mm-hmm. felt I was very intimidated by gay bars, and I'm still very intimidated by gay men. Um, and uh, so we. Mouthful, sister. So now we're on going on five years at Hardware Bar, continuing the tradition of Musical Mondays, but we have to call it Broadway Mondays because, fun fact, Musical Mondays is trademarked. What? Oh. So, yeah, so anybody who calls their night Musical Monday, Mondays, they can get sued. I don't know if they will, but they can get from, sued. From the owners of uh, Splash. I don't From the owners of Smash. From the owners, of, from the owners of Splash. <laughs> from the owners of Smash. That's my own um, insecurity. Yeah, just but popping no, out. No, but the they term can get music- sued by Splash? Someone, I don't know, but someone has trademarked I'm for the us term. To get sued by the owners of Smash. I should really talk to Justin Luke about this because he's the one that says we can't use the term Musical Mondays because mm. it's trademarked. So wow. that's why we call it Broadway Mondays. Mm, and like so Mondays we're going on five years now. It started off as like just show tunes and videos and then 10 o'clock I would do a, a little mini show but then mm. people just kept giving me more money and so mm-hmm. I did a longer show and then uh, as my as my career uh, started taking off more I got to travel more and so to cover me we brought on uh, Cacophony Daniels mm-hmm. and then she became so popular it became a duo show so woohoo mm-hmm. and then she got very popular and was traveling so much we brought on Paige Turner so now now it's become this like drag extravaganza it really has uh, so it's me amazing. Cacophony Daniels and Paige Turner and it's the best time and I, I, I love it I yeah. absolutely love it's it it's so much fun it's... last week uh, I went to the show and speaking of Eartha Kitt oh boy this one over here oh, did favorites. When It Ends from the Wild Party mm-hmm. and I was like this queen is a queen for me huh? yeah yeah. yeah, you freaked out. I I did freak out. You, <laughs> Matt Koplick over a niche musical theater? No, I refuse to believe it. <laughs> Can you feel the love tonight? You can't tell, but I'm crying. Oh, inside right oh. now. Wow. Yeah, it's the reason. I think it's the reason I stay with John thing. is because he treats me so poorly. That's why Carousel is my favorite. I was musical. gonna say it's because you love Carousel. Bitch. If I loved you, <laughs> when I insult you, does it feel like a kiss? Oh. <laughs> So many Broadway Mondays. <laughs> it does. It really does. Yeah, so come, come for a niche, fun, campy musical theater every Monday night. It's a free show. There's no cover charge. Uh, we've got cheap drinks, and, you know, you get a, a fun Broadway-style and, drag show. And there are so many numbers of yours that are just so iconic that oh, yeah. I love. I, know, I feel like I've mentioned a couple of them already. Well, I, like, um, we talk about Poor Unfortunate Souls. I do it as... Poor Unfortunate Souls. I, do, I sing it as Bernadette Peters and Harvey Firestein and do, Joan Rivers. You do... Um, you do Judge Judy Garland, which yeah. is a mix of Judge Judy <laughs> clips and Judy Garland performances, and it is... It's delightful. And, and work trying to art. find the story, trying to find the yeah. arc in uh, that. Yeah. And you, you also do trivia, which yeah, um, I have no longer been allowed to partake in. It's too um, easy for you. Well, yeah, I, so I did it once with Cacophony. It was July 4th, um, and so it was, it was like Independence Day themed. Uh-huh. So it was all like 1776 questions. Oh, not Yankee Doodle Dandy? <laughs> no. I don't think I could have answered Yankee Doodle Dandy <gasps> questions. Wow, we trumped you there. Okay, great. Just, just a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, I did it and I won. And then the next week, uh, I went with a friend and they're like, oh, you should do the trivia. And Coffee looked at me. She went, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like, no, you can't do it again. Yeah, no, there are certain people I know who, like, who, who have come regularly mm-hmm. who... I can't pick for trivia stuff because it's too easy for them. Mm-hmm. But it's easy. also fun when you get people to get up on stage and do a lip sync for your life. And yes. that's great. And they don't know the words to like 
Rose's turn, but it's really fun to see them like try to get through it. It's fun. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's really really fun. Um, and they also, you guys, how long have you been doing the fuck Mary kill game? Because that's fun. A uh, little less than a year. You know, we so we play name that show tune. We do trivia, but sometimes we like to play Mary fuck kill, which we, we kind of play like the newlywed game. So there's two teams of two, and we ask, okay, would you marry fuck or kill Bernadette Peters? And then the players hold up a sign that says Mary, and hopefully the other person holds up Mary, and it's a match. They get a point, mm-hmm. uh, and that's really really fun. So yeah. it's, we try to keep it in the Broadway world. Yes. And then, oh, it's really fun when people, like, would, like, if people, oh, if you say, uh, Mary Fucker Kill, Sutton Foster, and one person puts up Mary, and one person puts up Kill, and the whole audience loses it. Yeah, people right. feel very passionately about certain people. Not oh, so yeah, much Mandy true. Patinkin, but... <laughs> well, I remember last week, uh, one of them was Ethel Merman, and somebody said, Kill. Oh, yeah. And everybody went crazy, They're like, why would you kill them? And they go, well, they're already dead. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but everybody was still just so angry about it. They're like, no, so don't kill you don't kill. Oh, someone, oh, Carol Channing, someone would kill Carol Channing. That's a monster person yeah. oh my god um i also feel like you were one of the first queens in the city as you were starting not not like the first ever because i know new york has a very it's a very long history very long history mm. of drag and so i know that there were queens before you who, who did this but i will say at least in my experience that you were also one of the first of this um era of drag queens to be like, I am also going to sing live a good amount of my show. And I feel like after you started doing that, queens were like, same. Yeah. (laughs) Um, There have been a a ton of live singing drag queens. Sure. Like Sherry Vine, famously. She's been around since the 90s. But, uh, you know, when I first started doing bar shows, like at Barracuda and Hardware Bar and yada, 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 this is is really, really fun. Uh, I was lip syncing most of my show, and I'd maybe doing, I would do one live sing because, Mm -hmm. you know... And this was around New Year's Eve going into 2014, I think 2014 or 2015, and Alan Cumming happened to be in the show, at the bar, and he Just saw the cash, show, cash. and I got, to, you know, I got to meet him afterward, and he was very complimentary, and he said, you should sing more. Mm. If you sing more, people, you know, that will get you places. Mm. And so I said, okay, Alan And when Cumming, Alan Cumming And when Alan tells Cumming you tells that. you to sing more, you sing more. So yeah, now I try so to make I... it a point to, like, primarily sing. Yeah. Um, and that that has helped me. That has helped me, and my my musical theater background has helped me like get jobs yeah. out of town internationally. And so thanks, Alan yeah. Cumming, for telling me to sing more. Same yeah. thing happened to Connie and Carla. Exactly. Oh exactly. My God. Right. Oh my God. right. Speaking it's, of Tony Collette. Tony Collette. Uh, that is a movie that we as a community do not talk about no. enough. Also, You've co-starring seen it, right? of I okay. co-starring OG prior Walter Steven Spinella. Yes. Right. Yeah. Oh God. Who, God I. Was in love with him, and my friend Alec Mappa is in that movie. Hi, Alec. He's the he's the you know he's the cute neighbor who's like. Um, you know, it's very Filipino and it's very yeah. gay. Mm. He's uh, very drag. And when he and he and Steven do the peaches and cream drag uh-huh. duo, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, I'm sorry, I love that movie. It's no, a great movie. And David Duchovny's also that, in it. That's another movie where I'm face. like, damn, I need to watch that. Soon. It's a great movie. Um, it's been like three years since I've watched I it. I, I need a mo. That um, should be in but, musical too. But but it's That'd funny be because I, I do see like this new generation of queens who have graduated from these BFA programs who look and see what you've done and how you've created this. Um, world where it's like I'm not just a drag queen and I'm not just a singer but like I you curate these shows and these moments and these songs that are cabaret that are theater that are art and and like you really deliver on them and so it's quite inspiring that I, I feel like I have seen so many of these queens from like you know, from like CCM, from like Boko who are now like younger who are like who are singing a lot and yeah. I, and I look at that and I'm like 
I mean, I, I know. But I'm, well, I mean, you, right. I'm happy that you think I'm the OG. I'm not the OG. Because I'm. I'll rem- Paige Turner was my OG. I remember the first time I saw Paige perform at the Stonewall Inn and seeing her show. It was, okay, do you remember when the Carrie revival, go with me on this journey? Yeah, of, course, of course. When Carrie was down at the Lucille Hotel. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're I went with, went with a couple friends. And after the show, we're like, well, that was an experience. Let's go get drunk at the Stonewall. So we went to Stonewall, uh, which was down the street, and we went upstairs, and I mean, I knew of Paige. We had met a couple times, but I had no idea her show was happening. We got drinks, and her show started, and I was like, oh, wow. Watching her show made me realize you can do a a bar show and make it a cabaret. Yes. And so, and that that was a huge inspiration to me. So I'm glad you think I'm the OG. I'm glad that I have been able to help a lot of younger queens start their careers. But for me, my OG is Paige Turner. So I will give credit where credit is due. Well, because drag also is a familial art. I mean, you have mothers, you have houses. We do have houses. We can't, we can't call my house what it is, you know, because it used to be called gypsy housing, like the Facebook Uh, group. But now, now uh, my, my sister, Nomi Sass thinks we should call ourselves ghost life, ghost, Lighthousing. Oh, but, I love that. That's but cute. Yeah, times there are changing. Yeah, are. you gotta change with them. You gotta go with the flow. Yeah. Cue music. Billy, I beg to differ with you. How do you mean? You're the top. Yeah. You're an arrow collar. You're the top. You're a Coolidge dollar. It must be such a joy performing for like. 95% gay people because we don't um what's the word we don't go out quietly do things quietly what? yeah no we when, when we um when we when we like something you, you we scream sh- it we sure do like it we yeah. don't like subtlety <laughs> we, we sure we sure do enjoy subtly see more no. we, there's sure, we sure are over the top and over the bottom you're the top you're the coliseum mm. I do recall a queen bouncing up and down when you announced you were going to be singing When It Ends from the Wild Party That was you. That was me. I bounced up like a goddamn five-year-old. I was. But that was such a... Like, I've never sung that song at Broadway Mondays before. And like, that oh, really? Is, oh, well, because it's it's kind of a... It's a heavy torch song, it you is. know? Yes, it is. But it's, but it's such a genius it's song. It's so good. That I, uh, I was talking to a friend a few weeks ago, and we were basically saying the difference between the Lippa Wild Party and the Lacusa Wild Party. The Lippa Wild Party... It's like a nice sensible makeout. Like it's 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 nice, but you want a little bit more. The Lacusa Wild Party fucks. It fists mm. you. It fist, It goes deep, mm. and it's just like grinding up against the couch. It pussy puts wet. the fist in the anus, and it does the Fosse join us from Pippin. Absolutely, but it's the Fosse. There, there were there were hand motions that you all just missed. But mm. um, just go watch the VHS of Pippin starring William Cat and Ben Vereen, and just yeah. like imagine so you see all the floating hands, and mm. imagine that in your anus. Wow. Absolutely. And Miss Cheetah's in that, too. Oh my god, Cheetah is in that! She Fucking is. Cheetah. Cheetah Rivera is the reason why I am obsessed with musical theater. I remember the cassette tape of, of West Side Story, mm-hmm. and I would listen to America over and over again. I was like six or seven or whatever. And like I looked on the back and I'm like, there's someone named Cheetah? You can be named Cheetah and be a person? I want to be Cheetah Rivera. I'm obsessed with Cheetah Rivera. As well you should be. I'm also obsessed at like Somewhere in 1984, her voice just dropped an octave. Like, one day she was able to belt D's in Chicago, and then the next day she was a baritone. Well, she was always kind of a baritone, but like a baritaner. Yeah, like, she had that smokiness, but even in, like, Bye Bye Birdie in Chicago and some of West Side Story, like, she was, she got up there. Yeah, she did. She got very much up there. 
I think what you're um, searching for is called menopause. Oh. Yeah, but it, but like the, it's really just sort of overnight. Like you find some videos of her in their early 80s. She's still getting up there. Like something with the rink. All of a sudden, she's just like the <laughs> rink. She got so the, the rink there. did something to all of us. I'm listen. I'm happy that the West Side Story movie is happening. I'm mm-hmm. happy for Rita Moreno that she is in the movie that they created a role for her. But what about Cheetah Rivera? I agree. I what agree. about the original Anita? I am hoping that they're keeping it super secret and that she's going to pop up like as like a chaperone for the dance at the gym or something. <gasps> oh, I want her to be... What if Cheetah Rivera was Gladhand? Could you imagine? Oh, Which one's Gladhand? <gasps> oh, she, the... The person who runs the dance. Yeah. Who's oh, the dance okay, everybody. Right, right. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah. P- best princess track. See, that's the dream. Mm-hmm. My dream role is Gladhand because you get one scene... And you get that Broadway paycheck. Mm. Yes, you do. Glad hand on Broadway. Not maybe a regional, not at the no. Paw Paw Community Players. No, no, no. No, glad hand on Broadway. But yeah. if you play Doc, you have some sensible makeout time off stage. Ain't that right, John? Yes. Oh. Yes, you do. Do we know this? Oh, wait. Oh, it was my. Oh. It was. <laughs> it's been pic- recorded. Picture it. Summer 2004. <laughs> a young homosexual named John was scavenged was doing West Side Story at a performing arts institute summer camp. The only two people not in the dance at the gym, Doc and Tony, for, oh. for the first part of it. Thank you. Magic can happen. We've got magic to do. <laughs> it, was the, it was the only time John was a daddy in a gay couple relationship. I was 16 years old. But you were playing Doc. You were kind of a daddy. I also, um, to this day, my friends make fun of me because I... I um, it took I like was so it's such it's such a like theater thing I was so like pissed that I got doc instead of action because I was like the I'd been the only one who was in callbacks for action and I was like bitches getting action and then I got oh. doc and so I was at first I was like you know what this character like doesn't even matter like I'm not even gonna act and then like the director like sat down with me and, and, and did like all this character work and I was like wow there really are no small parts. Only small <laughs> actors. And so, like, I went fucking balls to the walls and, like, went there at 16 years old. And, and Meryl like, streeped re- it. You Meryl yeah, streeped it. I really it. Meryl streeped it. And, like, I actually, like, hand to palm would smack Tony because I was like, if I'm going to make out with you, I might as well smack you, too. Oh, he, and he liked it. And I think he did. Um, but I also I will say that. that there were only two performances. And the second night, I got a little too into it. And Uh-oh. instead of saying the line... Is that what you all do? Bust like a hot water pipe? What came out was slap. Is that what you all do? Bust like a hot water pop? <laughs> okay, Patty Lapone. You didn't Meryl Street, but you Patty Lapone did. Patty Lapone, to this day, my friends go bust like a hot water pop. I Billy and Big to differ at the age of 16 for a ping audience. And I think I just like also like took a moment, like I took a beat to myself afterwards where I was like, huh? And then I continued on because, like, I had no, like, I was so in it that then, and that's what came out, and I was like, "What the fuck was that?" Uh, when I so in high school, I played Rooster in in Annie, and I didn't fuck up exactly. Yeah, and I didn't fuck up like you. I didn't no, I didn't fuck up a line. I forgot the only props I had to bring on stage was the birth certificate. The prop I forgot to bring on stage was the birth certificate. Oh, no. So there I come on stage as Ralph Mudge, and uh, it's like. Oh, but I forgot the birth certificate off stage. Let me take Annie. And the poor, my friend Ashley was like, Grace, like, she was like, oh, well, I'm sure the birth certificate would say, Annie Mudge, give her her over. 
her over. I've never forgotten a prop ever again in my life. It was horrifying. Yes. Horrifying. Oh, yes. That one time where Grace was just so terrible at her job. <laughs> that, was, that was the one show where Grace was just so Just awful. like, oh, well, I guess you do have the birth certificate, even you, though it's not here. Here's Annie. Annie. Here's Annie. Some audience members were like, wow, adopting back then was, was really, really fucked. You <laughs> <laughs> didn't have to prove we, anything. We were just, so trusting back you then. You just showed up with the child and you were like, this mine. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any uh, on-stage fuck-ups, Mr. Matt Koplick? Um, sort of. Um, I remember... No, Matt's like, sort of, I'm perfect. Matt's like, no, no I just, I'm trying to remember because it's been so long since I performed. Uh, I did fuck up when I did Charlie Brown in college. Oh, no. uh, there's a scene in Charlie Brown where he's going... It's, it's uh, Valentine's Day, and he's thinking how he's going to give his Valentine to Lucy. Like... Here you are, Lucy. Happy Valentine's Day. No, to the little red-headed girl. Not no, 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 no. In this show, it's to Lucy, because she has to come sure? on stage. Yes. Um, and Lucy comes on stage, and the punchline is supposed to be, here you are, Lucy. Merry Christmas. Oh, yeah. I do remember this. And uh, the second show, I actually just said, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> and to her credit, the girl who played Lucy went, Char- uh, Charlie Brown, it's Christmas, and like walked off stage. And I went, I was like... Well done. And I walked that stage, but I was wow. so fucking mad at myself. But that she fixed it. She fixed it. She fixed it. She, you threw the ball and she... And, and, that, that, and, that, she, and that, that's, why, that's why you need college training, and that, y'all. And hey. that actress was Jessica Lange. If it were Jessica Lange, she would have had tears in her eyes and she went, Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown. She, always, she also she, had a cigarette in her mouth. Right? She was like 15. <laughs> I want, to see the, I want to see the it's geriatric citrus. production of your good man, Charlie Brown. Well, so I actually have this idea. I have this idea for a web series that's um, sort of like a mockumentary about the most inappropriate children's theater of all time. Uh-huh. And it's these nine-year-old, ten-year-olds doing Follies or Angels uh-huh. in America. But they all, everyone just takes it so seriously. Why are we not filming that? No, but right that's now. a real thing. It's like the high school production of Rent that didn't talk about AIDS. They made it about yeah. diabetes. I know. Act up. Fight diabetes. <laughs> But Terrible. Also, no. but, but also, the champion that diabetes needed. Oh, yeah. God. I mean, I'm not saying well, diabetes, but like, write, a musical, <laughs> like, but, write so, a musical about diabetes then. But at Stage Door, my theater camp, we did we would do those shows, but we wouldn't edit anything. We would do it like as is. And you just think about 14-year-olds playing Sweeney Todd full out and taking it so seriously. It's oh like, what God. do you know at 14 that can make you a oh, no yeah. heavy Sweeney? <laughs> oh, yeah. The theater camp fuckery. I played Mac I the Knife at like eight. Years old, mm-hmm. wow! And literally all the prostitution and all this stuff. I was like, I was like threatening people's lives, and I was like, I have no fucking mm. clue what this. Is. Like, like, I, just, I never got to do anything inappropriate like that. Well, no, I did once on this island in high school. So oh, that's I was, I was a shark in West Side Story at fourteen, and I had bronzer on, and then I also Ooh. played Ching Ho in Throwing Modern Millie two years later. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. speaking of Mickey Rooney. <laughs> get, get, full circle. Full, full circle. circle. That's the first time I think we've ever done that on a podcast, John. I played the Wiz. The Wiz. <laughs> <laughs> the silence. The silence of everyone in this room going, how do we How do we move on from this? Stop worrying. Yeah. Where you're going. Move on. Um, which I just, I never got to see the Sunday in the Park revival with the Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh-huh. And, uh, that one too. And But it's, it, I got the recording. It's really good. Oh, is it? It's really good. I geeked out because the, um, the revival before that with Daniel Evans yeah. mm-hmm. and Jenna Russell. I've been obsessed with Jenna Russell for years. She followed me back on Twitter like a week <gasps> and a half ago. And she you. retweeted something. And I literally like 
someone else that day had retweeted me and I literally tweeted her back and I was like, listen, <laughs> you're the only one I care about. And she never responded oh. because I because I also, like there's something about that revival that like hits a chord. Like I wrote a love letter to Daniel. I've talked about this revival. before. I wrote a love letter to Daniel Evans and gave it to him at the stage door and it was not appropriate. No. I was, I, you write back? I was like 20, 20 or something like that. So I was of age. I was of legal age. Uh-huh. But like, there were maybe some slight sexual connotations, and I sure. did maybe give him all of my contact information. Should you ever want to just use me like a rubber glove? Find like your I, I was like, I was like, should you ever just want to cover me in dots of speck? Wow, <laughs> gross. Good night, everybody. Gen- White. I was like, Jenna Russell, White, a blank canvas, oh Henny. Jenna Russell on that cast album is up. Her and Tony Collin in the Wild Party cast album are my two favorite performances on a cast recording because they're just so well-rounded and so committed. Well-rounded. Tony yeah. Clinton who? In the Wild Party. Oh, oh, oh. Her Wild Party mm-hmm. performance and Jenna Russell's are the two that I listen to and I'm like, you could, like, this is a stage performance that's, like, just so fully committed. I love it so much. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I saw the Jake Gyllenhaal Sunday. I thought it was fine. Uh, I mean, the cast recording is a good representation it's of it. It's beautiful. Very, it's some beautiful voices. Do they have a fuller orchestra? The, the one thing I didn't it's love a full about orchestra. the revival was the, the, the pared down orchestra. Yeah. And, no, the, and, and, the, and the reliance on the saxophone. I was yeah, like, in that revival, I was like, oh, It's a weird okay, orchestration. Cool. No, the, the Jake Gyllenhaal one had a full orchestra. In fact, I think it might have had a few more pieces in the original Broadway. Oh. Um, it had a nice full yeah, sound. Yeah, it's a nice... I mean, that's what I like about... Of course, yeah. you miss Mandy and you... Well, I don't really miss Mandy, but you miss Bernadette Peters. Yeah. But I thought Emily Ashford had a, was a wonderful choice for Dot. Um, I need to listen to it again, because in the theater, she mixed a bit too much for my personal taste. Mm. Um, she sounds good on the recording. Because mm. I think she's just very talented. I found her very subdued in that production, and I was like... Are you trying to be very dramatic? I wonder because she is such a known character actress. Yeah. And that role is such a meaty, ingenue, Mm -hmm. broken-hearted woman trying to, like, get back on her feet. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's probably just trying to play it honestly because you could, like, I mean, it's not really a campy role, but I don't, I think she was subduing herself. Just so it wasn't like, see, I'm recreating my role in Legally Blonde. Yeah, sure. that, that's yeah, something that I was getting from her was she was like trying really hard to go the opposite end of the spectrum of you've always known me as, as uh, it's crazy, it's crazy, and Margot and Glinda, but like here I am, serious. But like, what a smart move on her part yeah. because you want like, why do we love Meryl Streep because she can go zany and Mamma Mia, but then she can give you a brilliant performance and Big Little Lies. Which did we watch the finale? Everybody, I, I did. <laughs> What did we think of this season in Jen? I, I liked it. I liked season one better, but I, I really I enjoyed uh, Meryl Streep's um, eye acting. Mm. Like every moment, her like if someone, anyone said anything, her eyes would shift one way yep. and then the other. Yeah. And that was why she's going to get I like, every award. I liked her necklace work. Her, oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> the necklace yeah. work was flawless. Her veneers. Oh. Uh, the veneers. Yeah, I was, this season I found was messier uh, and had a bit more emotion to it, which I liked. I did like season one a lot more, but I will allow season two to exist because we have <laughs> Meryl's performance in it, which is, it's a great performance of a really great character. Yes. It's, well, it's a continuation of the story. Like, you needed to see the, the you know, the repercussion, the, 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 um, the, the consequences fallout. of everything happening. And I don't think, I think there's going to be a season three because yeah. that was open-ended. Yeah. That ended. My, I, my best friend Topher was like, oh, it's going to end here. I'm like, it can't, it can't end here. <gasps> it ended there. I, I will say, I actually did not care for where it ended because I thought it was too ambiguous. I, mm-hmm. I would have liked it to be a little bit more of a 
cliffhanger? Like, I don't know. I, I felt, what was that? That was a cliffhanger. I don't know. I, I actually didn't care. Well, I guess just the way they were treating it. They all mm-hmm. just like kind of like... We're trying to avoid spoilers, I know. We're way. trying to avoid spoilers. Just, I felt like there were so many moments where I actually did say like, oh my God, out loud. But it was all those moments in this season where it was like kind of those fake... Um, idea cutaways mm-hmm. that then you realized weren't actually truthful which by the way HBO was like obsessed with doing those things right mm-hmm. now like I feel like they I feel like the people who wrote the season of Big Little Lies watched Sharp Objects and were like oh, oh. we need to do more of this mm-hmm. um, and so I liked moments of that and, and there were moments where I was like oh my god and then you realized it wasn't real and you were like oh okay but like that, then that's kind of like then with the finale I don't know the, the final moments I felt like they just kind of were like the stakes felt really low. Like, they all just kind of looked at each other and they were just, like, like okay. smiling. Yeah. Like, they were just, like... Everything wrapped up and now, oh, now we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's I, get avocado toast after yeah, the... Yeah, it felt very that. And, and so I, I guess I just kind of wished... I guess it was the perfect button for this kind of season because it did feel kind of just, like edging the whole season mm-hmm. and then they never even edged at the end like it was, it was just weird uh, this th- this finale specifically i said i loved everything that was the courtroom i thought yeah i liked the courtroom i thought the courtroom th- in the finale and even in the last week's episode even w- though it was like painful to watch uh nicole yeah. kim and get cross-examinated it was such phenomenal work yeah everything else kidman versus streep i know th- i mean this is some of kidman's best work mm-hmm. in years yeah. uh but yeah, everything outside of the courtroom, I either was kind of indifferent to, or just didn't like. I actually felt yeah, really bad for Zoe Kravitz, who I thought did some really great work this season. But I, I thought I thought a lot of Bonnie's stuff was not great. Like, I agree. <laughs> Thank you, John. No, I really do. Like I, I thought she really delivered on a lot of moments, but then I just you I didn't care. But it, and it's not because of her. The, well, all the Bonnie stuff just felt dragged out and not. And it, there, as you said, like I felt like the stakes weren't very high. So for her to have the emotional reaction she was having to everything felt kind of pointless. Yeah. And I could watch her as the actress going, like, you're doing really lovely work, but they're not giving you shit. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah. that was unfortunate. I feel like we probably should start winding down. Yeah. yeah. Um, do we have? Do you have any questions left, Matt? Yeah. Ooh, I, ask me anything. I have millions of questions, but unfortunately, we've got like five minutes left, so I'm not gonna. I'm going to wait for a part two. All right. Part two? Well, I get to do a part two? Let, yeah, you're definitely well, going to cut. Let's get real. I'm going to cut a shit ton of this. Yeah. Um, just we, to make it we listenable. Can, we can talk and talk. But yeah. um, I feel like I, I would be remiss if I did not leave this experience um, without asking you, what are you looking forward to to coming up in your career? You know, like, what, 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 like, oh. you, not, not even saying, like, oh, what's next? We're like, what, what do you want to, what, what excites you that, like, you, you think about and you're like, I think I want to do this or, or, or I would like to experience this or... Um, I, I, that's a very good question. And something I'm, like, you know, meditating on. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm very, I've been very lucky with the opportunities that I have been given. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now I'm just trying to figure out what the next step is. I've mm-hmm. been able to travel. I've been able yes. to do, uh, you know, some light TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been able to do some really, really cool things and still traveling opportunities coming. So I, I want to, in my dream of dreams, I would love to, you know, 
write something with me and cacophony and like mm-hmm. do a, mm-hmm. write a play like charles bush and like do that mm. um so i would love to do that i don't know what that is i don't know sure. what that means but it, that's a fun challenge that's been in the back of my mind for a while that i would like to tackle it's just i have to have um some moments to breathe to do that mm. but i, I have a real, I, i've got a really fun idea that would be a fun kind of um genre blending play uh, and story for me and Cacophony. Uh, but ha- we just have to like sit down and map that out. Yes. So. I feel that. And I love that for you right. guys. So <laughs> Love that journey for you. Oh my God, I love that journey for me too. But in the meantime, I'm going to keep singing songs at Broadway Mondays at Hardware Bar. Yeah. yeah so... I'm going to keep lip syncing at Albatross Bar. Well, actually, yeah. Do you mind um, taking a moment? Sure. Kids, whip out your phones if um, you aren't already on them because you're fucking addicted. Wow. And, um, I mean, that's how they're probably listening to the podcast, yeah, John, so true. please don't, you Be know, addicted. don't shit in our hands. Whip out, whip out your fucking phone. <laughs> and, um, give us, give us the tea on Sutton um, Lee. Give, give us your handles yeah. and then where we can find you when you're, when, when either, like, we have free time in New York or if you're visiting New York, what you can do is a really fun, um, most of your shows don't have covers, right? Yeah. Right? So, so uh, like a, like my a... my free shows are Monday nights at Broadway Mondays at Hardware Bar, mm-hmm. and then Saturday nights if you live in Queens or Long Island City, I perform mm-hmm. in Astoria at Albatross Bar. Yes. Otherwise, uh, I do a bunch of cabarets at the Lori Beachman Theater, yes. uh, and I get to travel on gay cruises with Atlantis, which so is a lot of fun. And then I winter in Puerto Vallarta. Uh, and so please follow me at Sutton Lee Seymour, S-U-T-T-O-N-L-E-E-S-E-Y-M-O-U-R. I also tell people, just look for Sutton Foster. I'm the drag queen beneath her. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, please like, follow me. Follow the journey because uh, it's... Follow it. Follow the journey. Journey follow on. It, bitches. And I mean, also, this is this is me just being a responsible drag queen um, supporter. <laughs> if you do come to a show, bring dollar bills. And if not, most drag queens are on Venmo Oh my now. god, Venmo's so, the best! So support... Yeah, I mean, you are supporting an artist when you support a drag queen. It's true. And, and I think... I think uh, if you don't do it, if you don't te- <laughs> if you don't tip a drag queen, it's technically a hate crime. It is mm-hmm. no um and so follow Sutton. Please check her out live if you haven't. Um, oh, and uh, Cacophony and I have a little uh, YouTube channel called Drag Queen Talk Stuff. Uh, oh, yes, yeah, so if you course. want if you want to see more little witty banter with me and another drag queen, it's a lot of fun. But yeah. I've been having a lot of fun with the two of you two, you two drag queens. I think oh. we should get you both in drag, and you should lip sync for your lives. We what would, would that. What would be your lip sync for your life dream against each other? That's a good question, huh? Yeah, look, you should, I wish you all could see their faces right it now. It would, um, the thing. It uh, would uh, obviously uh, be Mr. Snow from the 1994 <laughs> Carousel. No, you know what it would be? I would, I would have to uh, do the entire If I Loved You with someone, and I would be Sally Murphy. I would, because mm. I know every inch of her performance on that album. Oh, I know wow. every breath she takes. Um, and she knows this. So, oh. Yeah. It, I, I had my least creepy, but it should have been super creepy stage or experience with her. Oh, fun. Yeah. I, I think mine would probably be um, a reenactment of Jennifer Samard's... Um, <gasps> oh, from Disaster? <laughs> from Disaster, oh, Never really Could Say Goodbye. Brilliant. Just because that... that You'd kill that. Yeah. Oh, are we... 
Oh, we're taking we're giving real answers. Okay. Um, yeah. my, <laughs> was not a real answer. Well, that, that was, was your the, real answer. I thought that was your real answer. No, I, I, I bought it. Was it. A, I bought it. I could do it, and it would be a dream to just do it. But it wouldn't be my lip sync for your life. Well, then what's it's also your... twelve minutes long. That fucking scene. Have you seen a show? Yeah, of mine but that can Matt... go for two and a half hours. Okay. Now... Of one song alone. Thank you. Let's challenge me, bitch. I'll do it. I don't want to challenge. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. I honestly couldn't say. Uh, uh, Three. Heather Headley in Dance of the Robe of Aida. Oh wow. oh, wow. Yeah, but just the last 90 seconds. Watch the documentary of Pageant. You get to see a little bit of that. There's a great uh, documentary. It's called Pageant. Uh, it follows an actual drag pageant. Mm-hmm. Um, oh Porkchop is in it. <gasps> Hi, Porkchop. And uh, the queen, one of the queens in the pageant does that number. Um, it's I really would, wonderful. And I would intercut it with Crystal LaBeja in uh, The Queen. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying damn. she's not beautiful, but she wasn't beautiful tonight. I know expectations are wild. Yes. <laughs> none, of the, none of the real winners will be there. None of the true beauties will be there. Crystal, the don't beauties. go. It's enough. <laughs> anyway, that was, on that, that's a good transition. Thank well, you. On that, on that note. note, we should probably peace out. Uh, Sun, we close out with the diva every episode. Oh. Uh, I brought a list. Oh, so I brought oh. a list because you, every time I've listened, like, oh, you have to name a uh, a, a diva that you have not uh, closed out with. Have you done Barbara Harris yet? Yes, we have. Oh, okay, we, she died. <laughs> wow, uh, <laughs> not because we chose her. Not because have you done Bonnie Milligan her. yet? No, no, oh, we haven't. I, we, but we've talked about it before. I know we, we yeah, have. Bonnie Milligan, I am obsessed. I've never Same. been so obsessed with a person or a Broadway person in my life. The second I saw her in Head Over Heels, yep. I immediately got the album and I made a mix of Beautiful and it is my favorite thing. And she's even reposted my performance on Instagram. And oh I, that, that was God. like, oh my God, I've made it for 30 seconds. It felt yeah. good. Well, so then, Bonnie Milligan, go. I love you. Bonnie Milligan, there, there it is. It. Yeah, so this has been Broadway Breakdown. Um, I am Matt Koplick. I am John Miscavige. And, this and I'm been... Sutton Lee Seymour. Hi. <laughs> and this is Bonnie Milligan. We'll see you guys next time, whenever the fuck that may be. Bye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ooh, that was <laughs> Choices. wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now 
and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.